What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, what's up, everyone? Happy Wednesday. It's Wednesday. the hump day. You guys, if you're... We're bearing the burden of daylight savings with you this Wednesday. So it's God a, bless you. It's a real thing. It's wrecked us. <laughs> this year has been t- It seems like it's been tougher. Oh, than my the goodness. Past. For me, I too. Do, I'm I do, falling asleep. I had to wake Bobby and Kirby up this morning. <laughs> Kirby, you have school at 730. Get up. Like, what are you, 16 years old? I was like, oh. wait, I, I think I literally said five more minutes. And Bobby, Bobby, get out of bed too. Like, it's actually time to eat breakfast you know, and go. Quinn was up and then I, and I was, oh man, yeah, God you, bless you. You, you made you, breakfast. You deserve your sleep it though. It was rough. So you're here. Yeah. It's Wednesday. You're listening. And we're listening to the podcast. Way All right. to go. And we're at Luke 8. Mm-hmm. And I think Bobby's going to chime in just a, a few notes from Luke 7 as well into Luke 8. A little bit, yeah. And uh, we'll just kind of camp. Again, Luke's got massive chapters. So mm-hmm. we'll cover just kind of what stood out to us. And as always, we're curious to hear what stood out to you. Yeah. I, I don't know. Social media or church on Sunday or however. Yeah. But uh, that's you know, so fun to hear what the Holy Spirit's lifting for you guys. So this is, you know, sometimes we break down a little bit what's going on, you know, socio-historically or theologically, but most days when we're sitting at the table, this is what it sounds like. Just what stuck out to you? What lifted for you? And so that's what we'll share today, like Clark said. So I actually um, was kind of noticing in chapter eight how, Uh, There's a ton, but how Jesus is touching and talking to, you know, a lot of people. He's getting touched by people (laughs) and and miracles are happening. And it actually brought me back to chapter seven as well. And so I'm just going to cite some of the verses from chapter seven and chapter eight, just real quickly, if you want to follow along with me and just so we can just see how Jesus is working miraculously And he's doing it by means of such ordinary things. Mm -hmm. So this is chapter eight. This is with the the centurion. Uh, Sorry, chapter seven, seven, verse seven. The centurion uh, sends his servants out and, and they say to Jesus, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Just say the word. It's by his word. So he understands there's power in that. Yeah. The same thing with the widow's son. This is chapter seven, verse 14 how um, it was the widow's only son and Jesus' heart went out to her and he went up and touched the coffin. Um, in chapter eight, this is verse 24. So there's, you know, a storm, they're in the boat, it's dangerous and Jesus speaks and it's at his word that he rebukes the wind and the rain. Verse 29, he's commanding evil spirits. He gives them permission. He talks um, with the, uh, gives them permission for them to go in the pigs. Verse 44, this is the bleeding woman, how she comes up from behind him and she touches him. And then in verse 48, how Jesus then blesses her and he uses the word daughter. And that just, that seems so minute, you guys, but that word literally reinstates her into this community after she's been alienated. So, so she touches him, but then he uses words to kind of go above and beyond. And then lastly to Jairus' daughter, um, this is verse 40, 54, uh, we read that Jesus takes her by the hand and then he speaks, um, Talutha come. And so, what stuck out to me in that and what I felt like was just kind of lifting in the Holy Spirit is these are just 
ordinary things. <clears throat> like all over in these two chapters, we're reading about how Jesus is talking and it's and there's power in his words. And how and now you guys, um, because of where we're at in history, so Jesus has come, we're reading his example, but he's died and now Holy Spirit has been sent to live in our in our hearts. And I just was so encouraged in reading this. Um to do ordinary things with intention. Talk to people with intention. Touch people with intention. If you think about that, that's that's actually pretty powerful, both negatively and positively, like how we want to yeah, it is. impact people. And so I would just encourage in my life with, you know, in my home, in my circle of influence, how are my words what, how are they sounding? How are they affecting people? You know, even my self-talk in my, <laughs> my own head. And then the same thing with my touch. Like, do I believe in the, in the power that is touching someone, you know, appropriately? My, my kids, you know, laying a hand of blessing on them because Jesus is fully God. Yes, here, but he is doing things that are totally natural. These are human things. I was processing this with Clark a little bit. And I just thought, you know, Jesus could, Jesus could have been in the boat and he could have taken the wind in his right hand and the rain in his left hand and he could have spread them out so that the disciples could see the sun and it would be cracking through the sky and, and he didn't even, he sounds didn't like do an, that. Sounds like an epic movie scene. <laughs> really, like he could do that, you guys, but yeah. instead he, he speaks yeah, in the wind, spoke. in our favorite children's book, it says that they recognized the wind and the rain recognized his voice because it was his voice at the beginning of all time. And we have the ability, you guys, to do this in our everyday yeah, life, to, to bless and to, touch and to, to bring heaven to earth in our homes. And, and you guys, so I, I'm so encouraged that Jesus, mm-hmm. um, you know, leads by example here. And he uses uh, ordinary things like talking and touching yeah. um, to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. What I appreciate about that is that's all understandable. Like that's, we can get our, our hands on that, our minds wrapped around that. Mm-hmm. It's not some, you don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to have some PhD. You don't have to have like a full knowledge of Hebrew and Greek to see this. Like this mm-hmm. is just, mm-hmm. this is Jesus MO. Yeah. That's how it relates to people. Yeah. And thank goodness. Cause yeah. Man, we, we wouldn't understand. <laughs> I think for, for me, there's two things that stood out in Luke what? 8. The first coming from verse 18, he's talking about the lamp on the stand. He's talking about basically like you have the gospel, you have this good news, you don't keep it for yourself. So verse 18, he says, Therefore, consider carefully how you listen to this message. Whoever has will be given more, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has will be taken from him. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like again, if you have a lamp, a light, good news, you got to let mm-hmm. it shine. You're not going to hide it under your bed. That's the foolish thing to do. It's like you're going to let it light up the room. Yeah. And so when I'm thinking about us and how we're relating and using our social media and speaking of Jesus or not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what are we doing with our light? Like, is our light up shining so that the people at work, our neighbors, our friends, our family know like what we think and what we believe and what we find great joy in, mm-hmm. who we find great joy in? Mm-hmm. Or am I putting my light under a lamp or putting it under a pillow? I don't know. But mm-hmm. the the last thing too I'll add is the last section dealing with the dead girl and the sick woman. Mm-hmm. The premise of the section from verse 40 to verse 56 is Jesus is hanging with the disciples and uh, Jairus comes up to him and tells him that his daughter's dying, mm-hmm. and that Jesus has to get there quick. And again, he believes that Jesus can heal her. And so they're on the road and then they get caught up in a crowd. It says the crowds rushed him 
and a woman who was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. Mm -hmm. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. So what happens here is in Jesus feels power go from him. He's saying, who touched me? The disciples are like, is this a joke? Like, we're surrounded by people. There's people everywhere. And I guess I want you to put yourself in Jairus' shoes right now. Yeah, we got to go. Like, dude, my daughter is dying. Run these people over. Get them out of the way. Whatever it is, we got to go. And so I just think about the urgency and the timing, especially if I'm in Jairus' shoes going, Mm -hmm. this is literally life or death. Make or break. Do or die. Literally. God, we got to go. And you're stopping because this crowd is around you and you're wondering who touched you? Are you serious? And then Jesus has this beautiful moment with the bleeding woman. She gets healed. And then he gets at the end of this section to the house and I'm sure people are angry and sad. And some are probably thinking this is some sick joke. Like, what are you doing? She's just asleep. And Jesus says, stop wailing. She's asleep, verse 53. Mm-hmm. But they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Mm-hmm. And her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Give her a sandwich. Give her a subway. Get this girl a PB&J. That's right. And her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anybody what happened. Mm-hmm. So if you put yourself in Jairus' shoes, right. you just think about God's timing. I'm going, what are you doing? We got to go. Don't you hear my prayer? Don't you hear my request? Mm-hmm. But in this case, just to trust that, I mean, here, God knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Jesus knows what he's doing. God still knows what he's doing. The hard, where the tension comes in is that there are times we have prayer requests that don't get answered the way we hoped they mm-hmm. would be answered. Right. And that's where we think, well, does my prayers work? Does God hearing them? And the answer is yes, prayer is heard by God. But God in his sovereignty and his goodwill, he just knows what's best. And his timing is always best. Mm-hmm. Even though it might not be lined up with what I hope or expected. Right. You know, and I can speak just from experience. There have been times we've had family members that were sick, people we loved at church who are sick, people who are in need of jobs and just provision. And mm. a lot of times God answered them. It was incredible. It was awesome. And then there are times God didn't, and there was a lot of pain and a lot of sadness. You just have to trust, though, mm-hmm. in God's timing. that He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's not wasting it. So for me, what are you doing with your light? As you read verses 16 to 18, and I'm not sure what's going on in your prayer life or your circumstances, but we all have got something we're longing for and desiring. But do we trust God's timing? Do we trust him to give what we need to have? And even mm-hmm. when it doesn't line up with our expectations, do we still trust that he's good? Mm-hmm. So I kind of put myself in Jairus' issues there. That's all I got. That's good. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Have a blessed Wednesday. Bye-bye. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Have a great day.